Welcome back to Tools Day. On the show, we talk about tech all day. Well, not all day, but at least 20 minutes. Hopefully, you've learned something when we finish. And today, we're talking about process, ideation, development, case usage, where to come up with solutions and implement them. Let's get started. Tools Day friends. Welcome to Tools Day, a podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks on Tuesdays at 2. I'm your co-host, Yuna. And I'm Chris. And today we're talking about process. process. So what we want to talk about on this show is everything from how we come up with ideas to how we execute them. And this is in both personal projects and in the workplace. Um, And we haven't really had a show like this, so we thought that we would just kind of talk about what we do and how we do it. We, I don't know. I think it's an interesting topic. I like hearing about how other people do this sort of thing. So um, now it's our turn. But before we get started and before we jump into it, we do have a message from our sponsor of today's show, which is Datadog. And Datadog actually um, brought donuts to my office the other day. So I'm like totally <laughs> impartial to them. Thank you, Datadog. Um, but if you don't know about Datadog, Datadog is a software as a service based monitoring platform that provides dev and ops teams with a, with a unified view of all of their systems, apps, and services. You'll be a part of thousands of organizations who already rely on Datadog to collect, visualize, and alert them of abnormalities. There are 200-plus turnkey integrations, including AWS, Postgres, and Kubernetes, all done out of the box with custom metrics to gain full-stack observability with a unified view of all of your systems, apps, and services. Other key features include real-time visibility from customizable dashboards, algorithmic alerts like anomaly detection, outlier detection, or forecasting alerts, end-to-end request tracing to visualize application performance, and real-time collaboration. Datadog is offering listeners a free trial, and as an added bonus for signing up and for creating a free dashboard, they'll send you a free t-shirt. So many things that you can get here. So check out their monitoring and log management service and start a free trial today at datadog.com dot com slash tools day that's d-a-t-a-d-o-g dot c-o-m slash t-o-o-l-s-d-a-y again that's datadog.com slash tools day thank you all right <laughs> you, Datadog, again. okay so let's talk about um process now yeah tell me about like what like what do you do to get started yeah so for me i uh, so for me, coming up with ideas is pretty difficult. Um, I sometimes like, oh, I want to build something. What do I build? And so something that's helped me is trying to get one hobbies outside of what I work, what I do normally, and two, I kind of uh, follow a bunch of people. I kind of have curated my social media sets to have people who I find inspiring and people who are coming up with things um, and are talking about interesting subjects. Um, that's a great way to get inspiration. So that's even before the ideation phase. Like right. How do you get inspiration for what you want to yeah. do? So that's my ground ground zero is, just, you know, um, I I used to have like a billion people I would follow on Twitter. And I realized it was just a bunch of noise. And so I cut it all down. I was like, all right, I'm just going to follow people who are, who's, you know, who are saying things that are interesting and, and novel. Um, How many do you follow now? Uh, like less than a thousand, um, which I think is small maybe uh, uh yeah, i mean it's less than a lot of other people follow. Uh, i think i'm around the same uh let me let me let maybe me, a little bit more than that 500 but there's just so many awesome people out there 500 so actually okay. much less than that nice. so i yeah i cut it down a lot and um that's to me is the first step is cut down noise and try to narrow or or find a, a field you're interested in and just try to get as much data as possible from that 
So your approach is kind of like start narrow and then grow wider. Yes, exactly. In terms of perspective. Yeah. I think, I think I'm kind of the opposite. So like to give some background about me, like I do a lot of stuff. I do this podcast. <laughs> I write blog posts for um, like tech websites. Like I have a series in CSS tricks right now. Um, I give talks and I do tech speaking. And I also just started a YouTube where I'm doing fashion and tech videos. So I like, I sort of gain inspiration from the world and I then narrow it down. Like the way that I ideate, I actually have everything that I'm going to talk about is sort of like very systematic because like I'm so scatterbrained. I'm legitimately one of the most scattering people I know, but I live my life through to-do lists and by creating systems. And so something that I do to systematically ideate um, concepts is I like think about connections to things. So like things that I'm interested in, in the, t- in the real world, outside of tech, and then things that I'm interested in in the tech world. And what does that overlap? Like if you want to learn a language, like say you want to learn React, um, you would then like I create these like maps. I, I did this like uh, project once and I was like, I'm going to learn more JavaScript. So like, I don't know. I, I, I was thinking of, like how to describe it and I'd call it a connection map where like on one side I'd write like all the technologies I'm interested in learning, um, React, maybe like. Now question. I, yeah. Do you have this, this board? Is it physical or is it digital? It could be either, but I like to do it physically now okay. just because you can like draw and like you erase. I don't know. I mean, there's so many tools out there on the web that you can just do it digitally. Paper and like the screen are kind of similar. Also iPads, like that kind of bridges the gap. But I'll put like technologies like React. Um, maybe I want to learn data visualization. Maybe I want to do like iOS and like figure out the connections between those. Maybe like React Native. Maybe I could collect data from my iPhone and then connect that to things I'm interested in the real world, like health and fitness. Maybe I could then like use like a MyFitnessPal API to create a React Native app and then like use it to track like my own steps. And then maybe if I want to like learn Arduino, I could hook it up to an electromagnetic like box that has chocolate inside of it. And then when I hit my steps for the day, like it'll open the box and like, like that's just how these ideas sort of start to connect to me and like how I come up with ideas for videos and podcasts and blog posts. I, I think from that is like, it's critical to have hobbies that are not directly related to your day job. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. like, so like for me, like, Two things I'm working on right now. One is I'm working on a hockey app for based, uh, you know, it's team management for a hockey team, um, and it's because I play nice. I play hockey and um, and we met doing IBM Radio. We met doing IBM Radio, um, and so like uh, if you ever play adult adult sports, adult correct sports, you know that the league management is is terrible for some reason. Uh, every app is is made by they're all older. Uh, not a lot of folks there. <laughs> Another one is that one of my friends, uh, I don't want to go dive too deep in it, but if you've ever joined a rec sport and you've seen the league applications, they're just not good. Um, and another one is one of my friends built a tabletop RPG and he made it all in this bunch of Google Docs sheets. And so this is how I'm teaching myself how to create structured data out of Google Docs. Um, so it's like, oh yeah, I have, I'm doing these other side things and I can see, hey, I, I, you know, I build applications. What can I, how can I take my app focused mind into these you know, these subjects that don't generally have great applications. That's a really cool thought. And, you know, I hadn't really thought about that before, but I think a lot of people who do struggle with coming up with side projects are solely focused on the technology. And they're focused on, I need to learn Vue.js. I need to come up with a side project to learn Vue.js. What can I do to learn Vue.js? Like, instead of thinking about 
what do I like to do in my life and how can I connect that to the technology that I want to learn? Yep. So I really like that sentiment of like, you have to do things outside of work. You just do <laughs> as a human. Plus, it's great for your work-life balance to actually have outside hobbies. Uh, I mm. re- remember maybe two years ago, I was at IBM and I was like working like all the time and had no work-life balance. and It was just miserable. And then I decided, I was, hey, I should probably stop that and now i'm much more productive and i have upside hobbies so it's like uh exercise is really good for you exercise is great uh highly recommend (laughs) like this this show like it's not even about that but i just want to really like let you all know that while it feels like you're not being productive if you're spending two hours working out or like an hour working out you are going to be so much more productive that day because you feel better you like just the clarity of mind even it's and you get your mind off like just all the troubles <laughs> <laughs> but long story short get off your computer and do other things and that will help you create more things you can do on your computer it's, an, it's yeah. a virtuous cycle and also you might come up with ideas while you're doing that other task like if you're at a hockey game you might get like annoyed at this scoring system is so anno- like effed up like why is it so complicated like why doesn't anyone have their their teams together. Okay. I'm trying to believe well, I'm not to curse I, I, here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like at that moment, you might come up with an idea and you're thinking about it and it turns into an app idea or like a project idea. I like to have notebooks around. Like I used to do this all digitally. I did like a, a weekly uh, digital diary in a way. And I have two and a half years of my life just documented on GitHub. And then I started doing it in a notebook because it was easier for me to have around. I started uh, living away from my computer more. I definitely lived on my computer like two years ago, kind of like you, Chris, like we had like a little phase and like now I'm starting to sort of step back. I took like a pottery class. Like I'm just like stepping away from that, but having something physical with you that you are near all the time, like whatever is like the easiest, like path of least resistance to write those ideas down and then to return to them. It's really, really important to have like a place to like kind of write down your thoughts, I think. Yep. And I, I highly recommend the physical route as well. Um, I used to be completely digital and all my kind of note-taking. And when I swapped to physical notebooks, I just found myself able to explore mental processes a lot, lot better. Um, yeah. It, highly personal, but like for me, the, the just the act of putting pencil to paper um, helped me just um, explore ideas a bit better. So For me, it was just like that act of doing that exploration and writing it out really helped. I don't know if there's like a big difference between digital and physical for me, but speaking of like physical writings and like ideation, uh, this kind of translates to like things that you do in the workplace. Um, I remember when we worked at IBM, there was a big um, tendency to have these ideation sessions with like sticky notes and like you'd write them on your wall. So when you do have a project that you need to then deliver, like how do you create the best user experience for like X um, process? I think sticky notes, like physically writing things out is a great idea Like the one big thing I learned at IBM, like when we were on IBM design, like kind of working there was that the weirder the ideas get, the better they get. Like not every idea is a good one, but when you get to that point where you feel so comfortable with your team that you're just like spouting gibberish, there's bound to be a good idea already on the wall. Like just think about everything, get everything out, just like write it down, get it out of your system. And then you could kind of corroborate what's the best path forward. Yeah. So IBM design, I agree. So, um, uh, what I took out of IBM Design, it was more the design thinking mentality that they really espouse there. Uh, so when you join IBM Design, they put you through a boot camp or a couple working sessions to kind of teach you design thinking or a subset of it. 
Um, and one of the, they give you a bunch of tools. Um, and one of them is the sticky notes and creating as is scenario. Mind maps. Yeah, mind map. Yeah. Well, yeah. So they say um, they help you create personas. And so you say, what is my person thinking, doing, feeling, and saying? Um, and then the other one is, you know, let's let's say let's create an as is scenario of our application now, and then a to be scenario. And in the two B scenario, you just put everything you're thinking of. That it, what 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 wouldn't it be nice if we had X Y Z A B F G whatever it is. And then later on, you can kind of draw a line of you know feasibility and expense and whatnot, and then figure out what things actually make sense to build. And I've taken that approach to a lot of things now, just because it's such a great way, as you said, to kind of collect everything. And and for me, you're right. So it's kind of like if you're writing a book or a story or anything. It's sometimes better to write as much as you can and then edit down later. Oh, yeah. And I'm writing a book and that's like the technique I go to. So there's another thing. Like I'm, I have written over 70,000 words of a book that is going to be like 60,000 and I'm not even two thirds done yet. Like it's going to be so much editing. But exactly what Chris said, just like it's, get it out and then it's easier to cut it. Yeah, it's much easier to edit later than try to add more after you finish the process, right? So... Um, highly recommend that that thing. And just don't get attached to your babies. Like, yes. let it go. <laughs> yes. like, don't let your. I feel like this is such an important thing for developers to know. Like, don't let your code be precious. Yes, it's not precious. It's a product that you're building that can get thrown away at any second, and just accept that because you're there to work for the team, not for yourself. And speaking of that, is is be open to feedback and critique. Um, it's the, one of the best ways to grow and and yeah. validate your ideas. Um. I think, you know, when I was tossing out this this app I'm building for a game, you know, I would uh, talk with my sister a bunch. And my sister is much smarter than I. Uh, and she knows a lot more about data structures than I. And so I'm like, hey, you know, I, I have these three or four ideas. What do you think? And she's like, oh, these are all trash. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but but it's important for me to, like, uh, have ideas, you know, offer them up and then say and get honest feedback saying that these aren't that great and maybe you should try something else. Um, or, you know, alternatively, this is a good idea. Uh, but having someone you can cultivate that relationship saying, you know, I feel comfortable giving you my ideas and getting your feedback and really taking that feedback to heart, I think is pretty important in the process as well. That's awesome that you have someone who's so honest with you about your work. Like, I, I hope that we all have someone like that. I know that we all don't, but if you don't, maybe try to find some in your community and like be that person for them. Um, there are a ton of great communities on the web in case you, if you're mm. trying to find it, um, you know, if you're in design systems, the design system Slack channel is great. Um, there's a uh, great animation Slack, um, which is about a CSS and JavaScript, you know, community. And so if you're in these communities, they, they are out there. Um, Meetup.com has, has some great local uh, dev meetups or design meetups. Local meetups are so important to go to. I think that my career in tech would be completely different if I didn't attend them. Like as a college student, I started going to meetups and it's been like instrumental and understanding this whole sphere. Yeah, and I know like some people don't live in a big city and any, there aren't these things there. Uh, think, consider starting it. Um, there are people who are, have shared interests always, right? So, um, yeah. Also, like a, a weird aside, I started recently getting into Facebook groups. They're like, pretty big now for some reason. They are. Facebook groups are big. And I think like for special interests, they're particularly massive. Um, this is like, I'm going to sound so dorky, but I started getting into like luxury handbags lately. <laughs> I think bougie and maybe is a better word. <laughs> the, the Louis Vuitton Facebook group what? is like 
300,000 people big, maybe even 400,000. It is massive. Whenever someone posts anything, it gets so many responses. Like if you have a special interest like that, like find your people. Yeah. Uh, I know that sounded awful. Yeah. I mean, in the olden days, we had all these message boards and forums. And they were great. They're all dead now. Twitter killed them. Um, yeah. I do want to um, circle back to something that you mentioned, like when we were at IBM Design, that's the persona making. I, I really like that approach. And I've actually done that um, in my career since IBM Design. Like um, at DigitalOcean, we did that. And it's a really great technique to think about like your specific one user and to use that to sort of mold your product. Like if you're trying to please everyone, you're pleasing no one. I also like did this exercise sort of personally when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be my YouTube channel because I wanted to do fashion and tech and I couldn't figure out how to mold them because who, those are completely different audiences. Like those are entirely different, but I just started thinking like, okay, my, my audience, my user is like, a feminine person in tech who's interested in like handbags, but also in like, um, like, in like stock equity and in like, you know, I mean, it's totally like valid. a smart feminine person who also is interested in like tech life and like where they should work. And like, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out a way to tie it together and a way that's really helped me figure that out, figure out what kind of shows would be good is by thinking about, the specific like user holistically yeah and on top of that um something uh, another thing i learned at ibm so ibm taught me a whole lot of process and tools um maybe not so much on the execution but the tools part and process was great um was um near to the end we um started using this methodology called jobs to be done and it's from a harvard study but it's essentially saying that you know your users oftentimes span multiple different applications when it comes to your actual thing and they're trying to finish some kind of job. They're doing something. So if you can um, enunciate and write down, these are the 10 jobs my user is trying to do when they come to my application. They're trying to um, edit a document, trying to share a document, trying to whatever they are, and then focus your creation process around, let me make sure that these 10 jobs are achievable. And not, on top of, not only that, you can track how good they are over time you can see how well your your app is you know performing its primary job so to, so to speak um yeah and to it's me it's like journey mapping it's like it, user journey it's exactly journey mapping it's 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 basically a, a entry point or endpoint one of the one of the points of journey mapping um and it's so useful i, I do it at work all the time now uh, whenever i get a new screen i'm saying what job is this screen supposed to accomplish um, and where does it belong in my user's priority and where are they coming from and where are they going to? Um, and I think it really helps, helps to frame the conversation about what you're doing. So, Yeah. This is kind of like a bit of a uh, a turn aside. from, from – Yeah, not the side, <laughs> but kind of just like a, a pivot. A pivot, that's the word. <laughs> like a little pivot from our conversation. But when you talk about jobs to be done, the first thing I think about are meetings – and in meetings, I like to go in there with an agenda and also a list of to-dos, like next. Like I told you, I live in to-do lists. I also do that for meetings. Like whenever I finish a meeting, I need to either have like a list of to-dos or we need to have another meeting. And I, I think this is a good approach to not like spending too much time in meetings, not having meetings that go on and on and on, just having short like 15 to 30 minute meetings. And if that was enough time to figure out your next steps, then 
stop the meeting because you're not productive and then have another one later. Maybe you'll be more productive and you're more ready for it or you know what to do next. Yeah, I think it's crucial. Uh, having an agenda going to a meeting and having agenda, meeting minutes, like a recorded meeting minutes or, or log meeting minutes. And That's then, fancy. Uh, next step. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, not recorded. So like write down and summarize what your meeting was done and then having next, step, next steps out of a meeting is so crucial to getting effective meetings done. There's so often... Yes. When you go into a meeting, it's an hour long. You just talk about, you discuss and you argue and you debate your your problems or whatever. And then you leave and nothing happens because there is no conclusion. And so if you yeah. have, you know, those recorded meeting minutes or by recording, I mean written down meeting minutes, it's really easy to say, hey, in this meeting, we discussed these five topics and this was the outcome um, so that everyone has this log and there's no there's no confusion or ambiguity about what you all decided. So uh, meetings are a time sink if you let them be one. So they can be great if you have a plan. Yes. <laughs> so do you have any sort of other processes or techniques that you're sort of using at work now that um, you want to mention or bring up? For me, I I love using GitHub as like to-do lists, also in issues. And even if you have pull requests open, just like next steps, because you could see on the front face of it if you just look at like all your issues you see like a bar chart and that ticks off if you put a markdown checkbox inside of the issue itself and then you check it off which you could just do without having to hit edit um, it'll like mark up the like list on the home page so you can kind of see your progress um, and I used to do this a lot like this was kind of like I would have a to-do list I'd add stuff in there after a meeting and then I'd go through it to make sure I was following along with the issue and everyone could see the progress I've done but what I did recently, uh, we were creating a new zone type. So like where I work, we have a lot of different pieces of content they have to fit into each other. I work at Bustle Digital Group, which is a digital media media company. Um, and so we have like different page types and different clip types. Like you could have a post clip or a video clip or a page clip that you need to fit all of these inside of different types of zones, like a feature zone or like a grid zone or a carousel zone and make sure that it looks good in every single place on every single page, every single clip and every single zone. And so what I started doing for that QA process is I made like a chart in GitHub where I just made a table and I had like all the different clips on one side and all the different zones on the other side. And then I had like all the different pages and just kind of did a checkbox mm. in there whenever I went through. And it was so like great as a visualizer for just my personal progress to see where I was like going. And then my, um, our, our CTO was like, oh yeah, I used to do some music. I, like all of the instruments and all the tasks for all the instruments. And like, I didn't make that connection, but it was just such a great um, adjective to what we were doing in tech with all the different moving pieces. That's awesome. That reminds me of one thing that we do too, uh, is that any project we start or any kind of thing we want to suggest always comes with a brief. So there's a written document in Google Docs that everyone shares around, which says... I heard about this on Netflix. Yeah. Is this, it like a this two-page? It's a two-pager. Like Everything has a two-pager which says, this is what we want to do. This is why we're doing it. And this is, just, you know, this is a general timeline, how we're going to do it. Nice. I, I We don't have a brief, but we do have an RFC repo and a an RFC template. Yeah. And um, in there, it just has like... Summary and then detailed explanation, the technical implementations, um, like negatives of doing this approach, like room for questions. Um, and I think that's a really great way to sort of think things out. Mm -hmm. I like to use GIFs a lot and also <laughs> just create imagery okay. inside of this. Cap 
K-A-P is the best GIF making tool. Like there's a tool for you. Whenever I do PRs that have any kind of interaction like animation, I use CAP. Whenever I'm trying to like create a like visualization of like just a quick sketch for like an RFC, I use CAP to like make a GIF of it, like prototype it and like put it in there. Um, And GitHub will accept GIFs if they're like less than a certain size. So I would just like save them really small. But having like that written out is a great idea. And I know that Netflix is like, they they're famous for having this like two page like specific like <laughs> I, essay <laughs> like transparency is such a big part of our organization like everything is like you must be give a your rationale about why you're doing something and it's i think it's great it's a way it's just a, such a great way of you know anyways but yes yeah <laughs> transparency is good it's a good way to also be held accountable that's why i did the like open source personal goals for two and a half years yeah i remember that um, yeah yeah so that was like just my to-do list public <laughs> publicly <laughs> Um, we're getting to the end of our show. Chris, do you have any more notes you want to mention before we wrap up? Uh, not from me. Nope. Cool. Then I just want to thank our viewers for listening and mention our sponsor one more time. Big, big thank you to Datadog, who is offering listeners a free trial and a free t-shirt for creating a dashboard at datadog.com slash toolsday. That's D-A-T-A-D-O-G.com slash toolsday. Thank you for the donuts again, Datadog. <laughs> and if you need monitoring, make sure that you check them out, datadog.com slash toolsday. Data- also want to give a shout out to Webflow for being our patron on Patreon. If you too want to support us as an individual contributor, you can go to patreon.com slash toolsday. You know where to find us, T-O-O-L-S-D-A-Y on the Twitters or on Spectrum Chat, spectrum.chat. We have a... a a channel there so you can chat with us there or on the internets wherever you find us you know where to find me i'm yuna and we have chris here <laughs> chris dotteraj yeah. d-h-a-n-a-r-a-g jay right, oh my one. goodness jay. oh my god no i was thinking name. no uh. i was thinking jay i don't know why i said g i will never say g again in my life i'm so sorry <laughs> i know how to say dotteraj <laughs> how to spell it <laughs> I, I was literally envisioning in my head a J. I'm so sorry, world. Anyway, never mess up his name again. <laughs> Chris Dodaraj. And we will catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in.